Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast. I know it's been a while, but today I thought I would come back to you with another episode. This is Alex, by the way, um, from Read and Write Pod. And I've been kind of offline recently because I've been spending more time writing. If you don't know, I love to write. It's one of my favorite hobbies. But be warned, I am a complete amateur, but I do love writing. And today I thought I would record this episode because... I've been having trouble working on my plot, and I thought it would be good for me to talk it out so that maybe then when I listen back to it, I could, you know, think about things that I need to change about it and questions that I need to answer, because I keep changing my plot around, and it's ridiculous. But if you have any suggestions for me as well, that would be awesome. So I'm going to start talking about it now (laughs) and stop procrastinating. Okay. So it is a YA speculative fiction. It begins with a 17-year-old girl named Donna who enters her senior year of high school. And she has just recently uh, moved into a smaller apartment with her mom, who is a single parent. And um, she's living life. But she is feeling kind of left out at school because she had a best friend in um, grade 11. But they have since, you know, split paths and... Because they have kind of changed opinions, they have differing opinions and differing values, and as such, they're not really friends anymore. So she's feeling kind of lonely, and she decides to turn to this um, online podcast thing. (laughs) It's kind of loosely based on Anchor, actually, but kind of different. She turns to this podcast-like thing, which is called the FM. And on the FM, people post podcasts, basically. So it's actually kind of like Anchor, which it must, Anchor must have subconsciously entered my mind. Basically, on the FM, she enjoys listening to podcasts there. And there's one that she especially really likes, which is called Paranormal. Now, I made this one up. I don't know if there actually is a podcast called Paranormal, but it's for the good of the pod, okay? Or the story. Anyway, so... She loves this podcast called Paranormal because it's season one and it's tackling the topic of dreaming. And every episode, they take a different case of somebody who has done something interesting with dreaming and lucid dreaming. And um, they share the story. And Donna really likes to review these stories and obsess about them and, you know, read into them. And she really loves the host, whose name is Orwell Braden. I, all the... Hi, everyone. Okay, so where was I? Oh, my gosh, I don't even remember. I was recording part one, and now I'm on part two of this episode. But basically, okay, yes. So she's on Paranormal. Um, yeah, she loves Paranormal, which is a show. And uh, she gets really obsessed with the creator of it, who is named Orwell Braden. She, like, romanticizes him. Um, gives him a complete god complex. She's like worshiping him. It's like celebrity worship. It's not good, but we'll get more on that later. Gosh, this is going to take a while for me to explain. Okay, so basically, she loves podcasts, and it makes her get really interested in dreaming, and more specifically, lucid dreaming. So she decides that she hates life because she's now started school, and she's pretty lonely. She doesn't have any friends, and she decides that her... um, a new interest to take up all this spare time is going to be lucid dreaming. So she tries various techniques to lucid dream. She keeps a dream journal. She does all the things, you know. She watches Inception religiously. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, I'm really fascinated by lucid dreaming myself, by the way, which is obviously why I'm choosing this topic. Um, okay, so back to my plot, which I'm working on. Okay, so she tries different things, but she's not really having much success. Maybe she succeeds once, like, somehow she becomes conscious and aware that she's dreaming, but it's fleeting and she wakes up. Um, one idea is that every time that she becomes conscious in her dream, like, oh my gosh, I'm dreaming, um, immediately the characters start to kill her because her brain doesn't want her to become lucid. Because if she's lucid dreaming, then she's not letting her brain do its natural processes. And her brain... Your brain, the theory of my novel is that your brain wants you to dream normally because that's how you, you know, theoretically, that's how you process your day. That's how you um, try out 
different futures. That's how your brain makes decisions. Um, no one's really sure why we dream, but these are some ideas is that it helps you sort through the day or that it helps you try out different paths of what you should do in your life. But basically, she's trying to lucid dream, but it, she's failing. But she decides that one idea will be to um, create her own podcast on the FM. And she's going to make a podcast where it's like six hours long and <laughs> like a six hour long episode. And randomly at times, she'll have it say, uh, you're dreaming. So she like edit it in post to make it super long and then intersperse it with you're dreaming. So that then when she plays that during the night, um, she'll hear it in her dreams. So she'll be dreaming and she'll hear you're dreaming and this will be the trigger that will help her lucid dream. So this podcast that she's created will help her lucid dream. And she tries this and it works. Um, however, the side plot is that she has a dream, but um, she then recognizes that someone else has the same dream as her. I'm not sure how this part is going to work, but that's the theory, is that, that's my idea, I mean, is that she has a lucid dream and then she recognizes that it's the same dream as someone else. And it's this whole idea of the collective. So, um, basically, if you read a book or listen to a podcast, you're having a shared experience with everyone else who is the audience of that thing. And as such, you're kind of, like, having a shared experience, which is pretty cool. I mean, whenever we do anything, we have a shared experience with other people. But I feel like it's especially so when you're consuming something. Because it can really get in your head. The thing about podcasts is that they can really affect your brain because they're you have headphones in and they're like right in your brain and they're sort of taking over your thoughts as though they are your thoughts and so um what Donna finds oh my character's name is Donna by the way which I mean I could change all these names but basically she um has a dream with somebody else and I'm trying to figure out how she should figure this out I guess she could be at school and she could overhear someone talking about Orwell's podcast. And then they could say, I had this weird dream because of this episode. They could say, because I have this idea that she'll make this new friend at school whose name is Min. And they'll become really close because of their interest in dreaming. So maybe she's at school. She's at school and she overhears someone talking about, wow, I fell asleep listening to this podcast last night and it gave me the weirdest dreams and she's like I love that podcast and then she'll start talking to them about it and then she'll develop a crush on Min and because of that crush she will do lucid dreaming again but this time when she lucid dreams she'll dream about Min and then the next day they're gonna talk about it and they're gonna realize they had the same dream so they had a shared dream so what I'm trying to explain is that she develops the ability to have a shared dream with other people. So she's not just lucid dreaming in her own mind, she's lucid dreaming in this collective consciousness, which is a theory of this book because it's speculative, it's science fiction, it's not real, I don't think so, because this stuff is all theoretical. One day it might be proven true, who knows? I mean, I doubt it. Um, but the point is, so she comes back to school and then she has her new friend, Min, um, and they both get really excited because they had the same dream. And they're, they suddenly have this wealth of information, wealth of power, they feel, because they can now have the same dream together. And um, they decide to outsource this. Or, I mean, I'm not sure what the word is, but they decide to take this to the next level. Because if you have a power, what are you going to do with it? You know, I'm trying to think of myself. If I had the power to lucid dream I would probably just use it to you know have fun and you know you know just have fun with other people I think reconnect with people from my past meet up with the dead meet up with people I don't can't see because they're so far away like I had this idea for the novel is that she has a sister who's in university 
um, who's one year ahead, and she moved away from university. And so Donna uses the dreaming to reconnect with her sister because she can't see her sister. So, um, I mean, I guess she could Skype with her sister, but that's not really the same. You know, when you dream, your muscles and your body, the reactions are all as though they were happening in real life. I'm not sure if it's like 100% um, the same experience as if it were actually happening, but I feel like I've read and heard that it's really, really close. And from personal experience, obviously, when you dream, it feels almost as real, if not as real, or if not more real as in real life. So she uses it to reconnect, you know, with her sister. And all this stuff is foreshadowing for later in the book when her sister is going to make a reappearance. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Maybe if more than a minute because it's going to take a while to explain. Okay. Where even was I? Oh, yeah. So she, she and Min now have this um, power and they're trying to decide what to do with it. And this is where I get stuck because I'm like, they could do so much with this power, but what should they do? So here's where I'm thinking. So she has her mom who is um, a single mom, right? And they just recently moved into this smaller apartment because her mom has trouble keeping a job. Um, the, what I had to set up earlier is that she has moved around a lot in her life because her mom's job is kind of not stable. And this is the real kicker. Well, her mom is a hypnotist. Okay, and this is where, this is a recent idea that came to me, but because I have really trouble keeping a plot. It keeps changing. So what I'm trying to do right now is figure out my plot because I need to stop thinking of the plot and I need to start writing more concrete chapters, you know? So I'm trying to figure this out. But my recent idea is that her mom is a hypnotist and basically her mom is in trouble with the law and they're kind of losing money and on shaky grounds and are kind of getting sued because her mom is getting accused of having implanted false memories, okay? And I'm trying to figure out exactly what it should be. My idea is that her mom is like really strapping for cash because they're immigrants, so they have trouble finding jobs. So her mom takes a job at a church um, doing demon exorcisms using hypnotism. And so then, but sort of, it becomes kind of like abusive because... Um, her mom is sort of, you know, trying to exercise these demons from people. And the government sort of steps in and says, you know, this is a bit suspicious. We're going to shut this down. So they shut down the demon exercising and they're kind of investigating her mom. But her mom was just doing this job, you know, but she gets accused of, you know, doing ill practice of hypnotism, of implanting these false memories. People have these past experiences of like, I don't know, maybe they were molested or something, but or maybe they have some kind of mental illness like schizophrenia or something. But she is sort of using hypnotism to make them think they were they're possessed by a demon instead of scientific problems. Because one theme of this book is science versus religion. Um, because you know dreaming is sort of like that pseudoscience. It's in the pseudoscience field where it's not really a concrete study hasn't been studied that concretely and it's still a lot of theory it's not something like biology where you know there's some concrete facts dreaming is a lot more loosey-goosey that's why that's why the book contains a lot of sciences versus religion so her mom donna's mom is sort of in trouble and what i'm thinking is that donna wants to use her dreaming to figure out a way to clear her mom's name but i'm not sure exactly what she would do to do this Maybe Donna will start to implant false memories herself or something. She needs to figure out a way to clear her mom's name. See, this is where I'm getting stuck and I need to think about it some more. But um, at least I have a genesis, which is really good. Okay, so where else even was I? Um, okay, so some more stuff happens later because... Um, it, while she does want to use it for hypnotism or for to clear her mom's name, she keeps getting um, shadowed by people who think that she shouldn't be doing this dreaming thing because they think it's wrong. For example, she had her, remember I mentioned her old best friend? Well, this best friend, his name is Victor, and he's going to come back in her dreams by 
telling her that um, it's not really real. He's going to say, you're not actually having a shared dream. You just think you're having a shared dream. But really, it's just a coincidence. That's his argument. In this book, a lot of people are going to have a lot of different opinions on what dreams are and what the abilities are. So she's going to be challenged a lot, my main character. But that's Victor's idea. And then her sister is going to say that um, it's sort of playing God. And her sister is going to say that that's wrong as well. Her sister is going to say that, you know, it's kind of creepy to enter people's heads like that. You know, stuff like that. Uh, let's see. I hope I'm explaining this clearly. But so those two are going to sort of be against her and they're going to kind of show up in the dreams. But um, it won't really be them. I mean, it will be them, but it'll be kind of like her projections of them. You know, it won't be actually them coming into her dreams. But maybe it will because, you know, we don't know how dreams work. My point is that, like, she's going to see them in her dreams, whether it's actually them or it's just her characters of them. I'm still trying to figure that out. Because I think that this book's um, rule about dreaming, you know, like, even though it's not a hardcore rule. Hold on. Where was I? Okay, this book's rule about um, dreaming is that we do all dream in the same sort of landscape. So like there is a sort of other dimension, which is called the dream space, the dream field or whatever, the dream dimension. So everyone dreams on the same dimension. However, we don't really recognize each other often. So you might dream of like your dad in your dream. However, uh, it might not actually be him. This is where I get really confused because this is a confusing topic because obviously I'm making it up and I'm trying to make sense of it. But basically, um, every, even though we're having the same dream, we interpret it differently. Even though we're on the same landscape in a dream, we interpret it differently. So that's why people don't think that shared dreaming is possible because you could have the same dream but you interpret it differently and you remember it differently. And this is sort of parallel to an experience of consuming media such as a book, which is this going to be a book, or a podcast, because two people can listen to the same episode and take away something completely different. And that's the whole, that's what this is sort of paralleling. It's a metaphor for this, um, you know, like two people can have the same dream, but... If they interpret it differently, then they'll remember it differently. So, and the theory is everyone is doing this all the time. So everyone is always in the same dream whenever they sleep. You know, they're on the same plane, but they just remember it differently, which is why everyone wakes up thinking they, oh, I, my teeth fell out in this dream, or, oh, I lost my mom in this dream, or I got, I met a witch in this dream, you know? Um... Where was I going? Oh, yeah. So everyone is always on the same dream space. But they think that... But they don't, rec they don't realize it is a thing. But then these two friends, Min and Donna, they begin to recognize it. And they see themselves together in the dream. And they start to recognize each other. And so as such, they're able to have this shared dreaming. Everyone, in theory, could have this ability if they recognized each other, but they don't because they're too much in their own heads. They're interpreting thing, things their way. So the next step that I was thinking about this is that, um, uh, like I was saying, Donna's kind of like a loner at school, but Min is not. Min has some friends, and Min wants to use this dreaming to put on, like, a grad party, for example. I also have this idea of like this grad game for this graduating class. She wants to put it on in a dream or just put parties on in a dream. I still have to figure this out because they're getting banned from doing it in real life from the police or something, you know, typical teenagers. Um, and so they begin to put on these parties. But what I'm thinking is maybe it could be these parties but 
somehow in the background, there is this subplot in each dream party that they have where it has something to do with her mom. Because um, her mom is pretty important to her, Donna. So I'm thinking maybe each party that they have, or just even if it's just one party, one dream party per se, um, or this game, I have this idea for this like scavenger hunt game that they could have for the graduating class. But the idea is that it'll put some clues down about the truth of, about her mom. Because her mom is like under suspicion, under investigation by the police for this shared, for this, um, sorry, for this uh, false memory creation. So I'm thinking the dream parties will give some clues about that. So it'll be like an adventure, this party, but it'll be disguised, disguised in this fun adventure will be these truths about her mom's dreaming that'll come out and be revealed at the very end. So it's like withholding information. The only problem is I don't know what information this will be. <laughs> this is the part I still need to figure out. But this is good. I think I'm actually getting somewhere. Hope this is recording because I need to remember this. <laughs> okay, so where was I? Okay, so yeah, they're putting on this grad game. And then they come out of it. And I'm thinking this will take place over like a year and a half. Because... There's this whole other side plot I have of where, um, so Donna is having these dreams, but then she's also still in school, but because she's spending all this time dreaming, she neglects her homework, and so she doesn't get accepted into her university of choice, and it's like her dream university, if you don't mind the pun. She gets rejected from her dream university, and as such, she decides, I'm quitting all of this this is pointless and she decides instead she's gonna try to find some kind of job after university I mean sorry after high school but then so high school ends and Donna is looking for jobs and she gets a job as a stunt double for um a filming thing for like a film or a movie a tv show actually a tv show would be a lot better she gets (laughs) sorry (laughs) Like I said, I'm working this out. She gets accepted as a stunt double for a TV show. Man, it's late. I am tired. It's not actually that late, but it's evening, and I'm, I'm pretty tired. But okay. So I'm having trouble keeping this in my head, but it's really good that I'm getting it out. But basically, where even was I? Oh, yeah. So she... Um, this is, like, completely different from the dream subplot. This is, like, its own subplot where she's just being an adult, a young adult, and she's coming of age, kind of. So she gets this job. And the whole reason she's a stunt double is it's kind of like a play on words because in her dreaming parties, she becomes like a stunt double in dreams. And what I mean by that is that when she has a dream, she's not herself. So she's not uh, like, she's not, she doesn't look like herself in a dream. In a dream, other people see her as like, what they want to see her as. So they sort of project their feelings onto her. And as such, she becomes kind of like a double for whatever their deepest, darkest emotions or feelings, their most intense passions and feelings at the moment, they'll project it onto her. So for example, say she's having like some kind of um, small party in a dream, okay? She gets like a small group of friends or something. I have to figure this out. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that at the very beginning, it begins with her at a lecture where she hears about dreams as well. But anyway, I have to stick with this. But okay, that's just like a little side plot because this is also about university and like because she wants to go and then she doesn't go, but then later she'll come back to it, which I'm going to get to. This is a long plot, but basically I'm going to get to that. But be, it begins with her taking a, like listening in on a lecture at a university about dreams as well. Or about, it was about something. I think maybe it was about broadcasting, actually. But, sorry, I'm getting way too, (laughs) I'm backtracking. So, continuing on, I was talking about how she is this other person in in a dream. And I'm not sure how that's going to come about. But I think it has to do with the fact that her mom is a hypnotist. So, her mom is sort of, like, serving others. You know, kind of like a therapist or a nurse. 
they're kind of doing things for other people instead of sort of, you know, being themselves or like doing things for themselves. But also Donna, um, she also like wants to, she gets really interested in like uh, maintaining a really good body image and like body figure. <laughs> you know, and so when she's in dreams, she can sort of escape her body and she can be someone else and she can look like someone else. And it's kind of freeing because she doesn't have to be trapped in her body, which she's not really confident about because she's young and, you know, she doesn't have much body confidence. So she likes to, that's another, I guess that could be why she can take on these other forms and dreams. That makes sense. Well, there you go. Solving problems. <laughs> you see, like I said, this is really good. Talking out, if you're a writer, by the way, talking out your plot is can, it can really provide some insight because you have to explain it to like a rubber duck, you know? You have to explain it to someone so that they can understand and sort of gets it out of your mind and out of your head. Where was I? Oh, yeah, okay, so she's putting on this party, but she's someone else. Um, okay, yeah, so she... So, for example, if she's talking to somebody, instead of being Donna, she is their ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend even. It doesn't matter like, they, she could be a different gender in a dream. Which I'm actually considering even making her a gender, because why not? But, um, okay, so she takes on this other, this form of another person in a dream. And I'm not really sure where to go from there. Well, okay, this other idea that I have. So she's a stunt double, right? Um, and... She's trying to, like, maintain this physique to maintain up to par with the, um, her actress whom she's stunned doubling for. And she's getting really fit and, you know, getting muscle. <laughs> and she's doing this job as a stunt double. But she begins to get lonely again because all of her friends, they have gone to university and she has not. She's going to, she's working. Okay, so she's working and she begins to feel lonely again. But after, but what I'm thinking is that maybe they have just this one epic dream party where it reveals a bunch of information. I mean, about her mom, remember? But then she stops lucid dreaming because she doesn't really need to anymore because she has friends. Because the whole point is that she uses these dreams as an escape. Remember, she started it so that she could, you know, get some friends and have some fun because she doesn't like life very much. She's not enjoying her life very much. That's why she's dreaming. And so, but when she gets these friends with Min and her friend group, she suddenly, she doesn't need dreaming anymore. Her real life is great, and she can hang out with friends in real life. And so they have this party, but then she moves on and actually works it through her life. But then they graduate, and she has a, she has a job, and her friends move away. And suddenly she doesn't have friends anymore again. So Donna is pretty lonely a lot of times in the book. Um, so she decides... I want to turn to lucid dreaming again. And I think that this is where she will um, talk to her sister, probably in a dream. Well, honestly, I'm not too sure about that. Maybe she's keeping it a secret from everyone except for her friends for now. Like she doesn't tell her mom or her sister. I'm thinking, because that will make it more intense when they do find out. But... Um, yeah, okay. Continuing on. So she she's trying to think of... She wants to get back into dreaming because she's really bored with life. And she's really struggling to keep her job because being a stunt double is really hard work. She's like a stunt double for a TV show or something. Um, and then her sister comes um, back from university. So her sister has been in university... But um, she comes back after being there for one year. And she comes back home. Because her sister gets some mental health problems. And so she comes back. And um, her sister can't work. She's having some trouble. And so Donna... Um, now this will be about like fall. No, this will probably be like winter time now. Like probably December of the year following graduating high school. So she's graduated and she's working. 
But then what I'm thinking also will happen is her sister will move back in. Um, and because she's taking like a university break because university, she has some troubles at university, which I think I'll reveal later, which I'm still trying to figure out myself of what those should be. But, um, and also not only does her sister come back from university, but also she gets, um, she gets fired from her job because she can't maintain the, the weight measurements and the, you know, body measurements of her stunt double. Remember I said she's a stunt double, so she has to maintain the exact same physique as her actress. But um, she fails to do this, basically, and she gets sacked. So she now doesn't have a job, and her sister comes back. And remember that they live in a really small apartment, which is pretty important. So Donna, I'm thinking at the beginning of the book, she lives, she sleeps in the living room because it's a one-bedroom, and her mom works from home as a hypnotist. Her mom is still a hypnotist, but what I'm thinking that her mom will start to do is to maybe do dream interpretation. I'm not sure. That might be a little too on the nose if her mom is also into dreaming. But then again, you know, why not? So basically her mom needs the bedroom as her office to work from home to take calls from people to do dream interpretation. That's how she's making money these days. And her mom feels it's really cheap because she doesn't believe in it. Maybe her mom doesn't believe that dreams well maybe Haram does but maybe Donna doesn't someone has to not believe in dream interpretation someone has to challenge it and say it can mean so many things that it's pointless it's like a horoscope so maybe maybe Donna will hate her mom for doing dream interpretation she'd be like I wish mom could get back into being a hypnotist because that was really cool or something but maybe what Donna doesn't know is that her mom was doing demonic exorcisms Maybe Donna thought that her mom was, like, helping people, like a therapist or something um, with psychology, whereas her mom is more of, like, spiritual. And she's doing hypnotism for things like, not scientific things, but for things like, um, you know, interpretation and exorcisms, which are not really scientific-based. They're more, you know, like, um, what's it called? Paranormal-based, if you will. Um, and Donna's... I guess she's not really into that. She really likes the show Paranormal because it takes things from a scientific point of view. And I'm going to get back to that show, by the way, because it comes up later. <laughs> Dang, this is really long. Okay, but anyway. So Donna is... Hold on, I'm just going to check that I'm still recording. Okay, I am still recording. Dang, it's been half an hour. Okay, anyway. Whoa. Okay, so basically... Where was I? Shoot. Okay, so, right. Her mom is doing taking dream calls in her bedroom. Now her sister has come home, and they have a one-bedroom apartment. So Donna is like, this is not working out for me. Remember, Donna, maybe I should have set this up earlier, but Donna likes to be outside. Um, I have this idea that she likes to ride motorcycles, and she rides motorcycles with men. And that sort of, instead of, when they don't lose a dream, they're riding motorcycles, and Min is teaching her to ride a motorcycle. It's very romantic and adorable. They're riding out to the ocean, you know, they're having fun. It's kind of dangerous, but Min, I mean, sorry, well, Min and Donna, or maybe Min is kind of like a risk taker. Min likes to do stuff that run her adrenaline, like motorcycling. That's why she likes lucid dreaming. Min likes lucid dream and do things for the rush, whereas, Min, whereas Donna is doing it more for the relationships because she feels really lonely. She, Donna has moved around a lot, so she doesn't really ever get close to people. And she had this best friend, but then they fell out. And then, so that's why she was dreaming to sort of get relationships. Whereas Min has this other drive, which is for the fun of it. But Donna sort of absorbs that like a sponge. And she's like, okay, I'm going to be in this for the rush as well. But basically, where was I? Oh yeah, so, um, I don't know, maybe they do lots of, because in the dreams, they're able to do things. In real life, Donna is hesitant and she doesn't want to do things because of the danger. She, for example, she doesn't want to have sex because she doesn't want to get pregnant or get an STI or something. She doesn't want to do drugs because she doesn't want to get in, addicted or into rehab or get, you know, body damage, mental health damage from drugs. She doesn't want to, you know, do things like that. She doesn't want to say things. She doesn't want to admit to having a crush because then the person can reject her. But in dreams, she can do it because when you do something in a dream, it doesn't have the same effects as it does in real life. You know, you can, in a dream you can do drugs and you won't get affected. 
you know, because you're not actually doing them. But then again, maybe it does still affect you somehow. I'm not sure. But I mean, it definitely won't affect you in the same way. If you smoke a cigarette in a dream, it's not the same as smoking a cigarette in real life, right? I mean, that's what I'm thinking in the theory. But then again, I did say that dreaming is a lot like real life, but not really bodily. You can't get pregnant just from dreaming that you have sex, for example, <laughs> right? Think about it. Um, so that's, that's a good thing to note is that although you can, although you feel emotions the same way as you do in real life, for example, you can feel love really intensely in a dream just as you would in real life, but um, it's good. Dream, Dawn really likes dreaming because you can't get the physical harm. I mean, remember, she's a stun double, I guess. So she does get injured quite a lot from her job. But in a dream, the pain is gone. And in a dream, you can jump, you can run, you can practice your tricks. Which maybe I guess she should practice her tricks in her dreams. And that could be how she gets really good. Because I heard that like athletes, like Olympic athletes, they will practice their sport in the dream and it will sort of help them. And maybe even their muscles will twitch and they'll sort of, it's like sort of like a second practice. Which would be really cool. I'm not sure how accurate that is. Because again, this is all theory. But hell, this is my book. I can write it like that. Maybe Donnie uses dreaming to get really good at stunt doubling. But the point is, um, in a dream, you don't get injured the same way, you know? You could, in a dream, you could fall down a cliff and you'd probably wake up. You wouldn't, you know, die. So where was I? Oh, yeah, so her sister comes back home because she's not feeling well. Um, just remember this book does talk about mental health and how her mom is, like, hypnotist, you know, stuff like that. Don is struggling with his body image stuff. And so, um, Donna decides, because Eliza has come back sort of in a rush, it's very surprising. Um, uh, Eliza left some of her stuff at university. And lo and behold, what a coincidence, this is the same university that Min is at and that some other friends of uh, Donna's are at. And Donna hasn't really kept in touch with them. Because she's been so busy doing her job, trying to... She's really getting worried. She's trying to pay... Um, she's trying to help her mom pay rent. Because her mom is, like, struggling with her job. She doesn't, she's not bringing in much income. And also, her mom is... Um, remember, her mom is getting more and more, uh, like, questions. And they're kind of, like, in the news, maybe, as well. I'm not sure how much that could be. But basically... They're, they're going to get more and more clues about how her mom did a bunch of stuff that gave people false memories. And there's going to be more and more... Maybe maybe there could be like something on Paranormal, the podcast, where they do more and more episodes that, um, that Donna's mom has something to do with. Maybe all these dreaming ideas, they were all just implanted into their mind as false memories by her mom. I'm not sure. That might be too on the nose, but maybe not. Maybe she could just be re listening to the news or something. Because if Donna gets more into podcasts, she would listen to some more. Maybe she'd listen to a news podcast. And there is more and more stuff in the news that is saying all these eyewitness accounts of these false memories that people are getting of being possessed by demons. Because remember, her mom did demonic possession. Maybe her mom did other false memories other than demonic possession, but I still have to work those out. But, um, so yeah, that was happening meanwhile. So basically the point is Dawn is getting a lot more stress. So she's getting more and more stress as her mom is getting in trouble. And Donna kind of knows that her mom did something wrong, but at the same time, Donna loves her mom and she, she doesn't want to see the whole truth. Which is kind of another theme of this book is whether it's good to know the truth. Because it's about like becoming an adult and getting to know the real world and like being realistic. Because at the beginning Donna is very like dreamy and she's like romanticizing everything. She romanticizes her favorite podcast host. She romanticizes her dream school. She romanticizes, I don't know, her mom. She romanticizes Min. But then like as the book goes on she becomes more of a realist. And so she's, she's ignoring or not trying to see the truth about all these stories. But at the end of the book, it'll be revealed how her mom had a role in all these stories. 
Her mom was responsible for the implanted false memories of these stories that people are coming. People are saying, I was possessed by a demon. Um, and it could be like, and that, it, that was her mom that implanted the memory. Maybe even I could take one step further and every podcast episode could be like something that her mom implanted. They, they say like, oh, I had a dream. <clears throat> I was talking to my long lost grandfather in my dream and he told me to sell my house. For example, that's kind of far-fetched, but for example. And that could be something that maybe her mom implanted into that person's head when they were talking. But I'm not sure. Maybe I'll scratch that part. Maybe it'll just be about things in the news or something. Or things in real life. Because this podcast is sort of more like a dream, you know? Whereas, because the podcast is eyewitness accounts of things that happen in dreams. But at the end of the book, spoiler alert. If you're listening to this, it's a huge spoiler. But... Um, at the end of the book, it's going to be revealed that Orwell made, Orwell is the podcast host, and it's going to be revealed that he made all the stories up. So it, it wasn't a nonfiction podcast, it was a fiction podcast. And Donna's going to realize that at the end, and she's going to be like, wow, I thought those were real stories, but they were, they were dream stories. So anyway, where was I? So I guess that should be on its own, and it shouldn't be connected to her mom. But... It will help Donna think about how real are these stories. She's going to realize, oh, he was making them all up. But basically, um, so yeah, Donna's experienced a lot, of, a lot of stress. She has this job. She has this lack of confidence. She has no friends. She, um, she feels really, you know, she's an adult now. She is having this culture shock. Or what's, I don't even know. It's not a culture shock, but it's where she was in high school at school, all this time, it's any shock that people experience when they graduate high school and they're thrust into a job or, like, the real world. So she's experienced a lot of stress. And then her sister comes home, and her sister is not well. Her sister is, um, you know, sort of unstable. So, but her sister, because she left in such a rush, she left all, some things. I'm not sure what she left, but she left some things. Maybe, like, her Bible, because <coughs> her sister's quite religious. Sorry, her sister left her Bible, her whatever, in her dorm. So Donna's like, okay, well, I just got fired, so I have nothing to do. I'm going to go and pick up your stuff. So her sister's like, okay, thanks. So Donna gets away from the house for a bit and goes back to university. Or not back to university, she goes to university, and lo and behold, she sees Min there. And Min is like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in ages. And so... It's all great. They meet up. Yeah. Um, and this is where I get stuck again. Because I think I have to bring back Victor. Remember him? Yeah. Okay. So maybe I'm thinking that... What I have this idea is that... Remember how Donna had her own podcast where she made that six-hour episode? And maybe she makes more of them and people start to really like them? But she's making these, like episodes and maybe she's doing these episodes about how to lucid dream that could be her podcast her podcast is all about lucid dreaming she's giving people tips she's like have this light that turns on maybe she gets sponsored (laughs) with a light that turns on randomly in the night so that you um, recognize that you're dreaming have a a friend wake you up listen to this podcast episode I made so you can lucid dream maybe that's her podcast and um, maybe to help people, she also tells them about um, her experience of lucid dreaming. Because remember, she had that party. She had a grad party or grad game, and she decides she's going to make a podcast episode about it. And so she makes an episode all about this awesome game that they did. And that she's like, it's so cool. I think everyone should be able to lucid dream. You just got to practice. She's telling them, keep a journal. People are calling her, telling her their dreams. She's like, Great, keep it up. I'm not sure what she should do with these calls, but people are like, I'm going to start a dream journal because of you. So she wants to get more people to do this lucid dreaming. I don't know, because it's her podcast. It's her side passion. You know, it's what she likes to do. But when she sees Min, uh, Min is kind of angry because on her podcast, while, while... Donna is talking about dreaming. She's also often talking about her personal life. So she talks a lot about 
men. And she talks a lot about, you know, her friends that she's, she's made. And people like that as well. They're like, we love it. They're like writing into her. She has some viewers. I don't think she should have that many. She should just have a few. Because she still romanticizes fame because she doesn't have it. Because I feel like a lot of people romanticize being famous until they get famous. And they're like, it's has its negatives as well but Donna doesn't realize that yet because she doesn't have that many listeners but she does have a devoted some people but basically Min is upset because she's like I listened to your podcast and you said a lot of stuff about me and she's like that's not very nice that was private stuff I didn't know you would share that and so Min doesn't really like it because Min has really strict parents who want her to go to university which is why she's in university you know they don't want her to be partying. That Remember I said that that's the whole reason why Min likes to lose dream as well because her parents are very strict, so that's why Min likes adrenaline rushes. She wants to go against that. But her parents are like having her on lockdown, not letting her go to parties. <clears throat> but, <coughs> wow, my throat is actually getting sore from talking this much. How do people do it? How do people podcast? Oh, my God. Okay, anyway. So... Min, where even was I? Oh, yeah, so Min's parents are, they don't want her to party, which is why Min needs lucid dreaming parties, because if she could party regularly, she wouldn't be doing dream parties, she'd be doing real parties, but her parents are too strict. So Min is getting worried, because she doesn't want her parents to hear this podcast and for her to get in trouble, because she, you know, she doesn't want to get in trouble with her parents. Her parents are paying for her university or something, I don't know. It could be anything. It could be that, Sure. Um, so Min's kind of upset, and Donna feels bad. And I need to figure out a way to bring Victor back into it. I think that maybe Victor should be the one to reveal the truth about... Or, well, okay, Victor should be the one who sends her her first hate mail or something. Or maybe he... Maybe Victor is on the school radio, because Victor is also at this university, by the way but she hasn't talked to him in a while, but he's also at this university, and it's kind of a shock, and she sees him there, because I think she's really into broadcasting, because, you know, she has a podcast, hello, and so she goes to, like, the university radio, she's like, oh my gosh, I want to see the university radio camp, radio station, so she goes there, and lo and behold, Victor is there, and Victor, um, he's kind of mad at her, I don't know, he, I guess he doesn't like her that much, because, I don't know if she wasn't that good of a friend or something. Or they have differing opinions. She was kind of rude to him. Because Donna, even though Donna's like into dreaming, she, she's, she likes being scientific a lot. And she's not really that into religion. Because I think maybe she had a negative experience with it. Where she was like praying for her to, to meet her dad. She's like, I want to know who my dad is. Can you tell me who my dad is? She's like praying to God, but her God never tells her anything. So she gets kind of... She loses her faith, and as such, she is kind of rude to people who do have faith, um, which makes Victor kind of upset, because Victor is scientific, but he's also, he is also spiritual, so he's both. That makes him unique, because Donna is scientific, not religious. Her sister, it, her, her sister's name is Eliza, by the way. Eliza, Donna's sister, is very religious, not very scientific, um, and there's a reason for that, which I'll get to later, but... um. Basically, oh, where was I? Oh, yeah, so Victor is kind of upset. And he's like, this girl. Um, and he decides he's going to, he's on the radio. Because, I don't know, maybe they both have this interest in radio. Maybe I should set that up earlier. But he decides, I'm going to go on this show and talk about her podcast. And I'm going to say about how people are getting way too obsessed with lucid dreaming and they're making it into something it's not. He's going to say, um, lucid dreaming is like it's pointless, and it's going to make you addicted to it, and it's going to prevent you from living your real life. And so he, Victor is a huge critic of Donna. He is her, I'm not sure what it's called, maybe a foil, but he, or maybe not a foil, maybe antagonist, but I mean, I guess the police are her antagonist as well because they're going after her mom. But Victor is sort of the logical man, okay? Or boy, I mean, he's her same age, like 18. But during this podcast, maybe Victor, maybe Victor was at the grad game. Maybe he was invited, but then, and yeah, actually, that's not a bad idea. 
Maybe Victor was invited to this grad game, but they sort of, but Donna made fun of him. And she was like, you stink, haha, and made him lose the game that they played. I'm thinking it's like some kind of scavenger hunt or like cat and mouse or something. I have to figure that out. Probably cat and mouse. Something stereotypical. Not stereotypical, but like something common. Or because I can't really think of anything else that it could be. But she makes fun of him. And so he's still bitter about that because that was not very nice of Donna. And he talks about how... um, uh, I once was at this party where people thought they dreamed together, but... They didn't. He, maybe he doesn't believe in shared dreaming. Because I think maybe he, ima- he remembered the dream that they had to be a lot worse than it was. He remembered it to be that Donna was really cruel, but that was just his interpretation of it. Where, whereas in Donna's interpretation of it, she wasn't that cruel. Because remember, it's about people's different interpretations. Um, like, he's like... I Because... He remembers that Donna really shamed him during the dream, whereas Donna just remembers that she was making fun of him. So, because Donna doesn't take things that seriously, she tries to look at things from a lighthearted point of view. Because she used to take things really seriously, but that made her way too stressed out. So she decided she would be more lax about it, whereas Victor's a pretty serious guy. Victor is saying people should stop lucid dreaming. It's a bad epidemic. Um, streaking the nation um, or just the area I'm not sure exactly but yeah um, I'm thinking maybe Victor might also be against it because his parents are against it and they think it's demonic entering other people's dreams but that's kind of doesn't really fit with him being scientific does it but I guess he could do have all these criticisms. He could just be like the embodiment of criticisms. And just like say, you know, you're going to get addicted to it. And shared dreaming is not real. You just think you had the same dream, but you didn't. It was all just a, a coincidence. And you created this memory together when you talked about it. He's like, when you talked about what you dreamed about, you remembered it wrong. There's no way it was actually a dream. You invented the story while you were talking about it afterward. Because you can't have video or podcast recordings of your dreams. So it's all just what you say. And also, um, when I had a dream, I did not remember it the same way as you did. So he doesn't believe in this collective consciousness or this dream dimension. And also, he's like, plus, some people would say it's kind of creepy to enter someone's dream. Almost demonic. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. It's, I'm kind of confused as to what Victor's stance is. Maybe he has a lot of different stances. But basically he does this radio recording where he sort of bashes her. And so he's kind of like her hater. But I'm thinking that as he does this, he also reveals some really important information about her mom. Because what I'm thinking is that, remember I said he mentioned the demonic exorcisms. So what I'm thinking is that his dad is a priest and his dad hired her mom to work as a demonic exorcist. And Victor doesn't really believe in demonic, or maybe he does. I guess he could and still be a scientist. It's kind of confusing. Maybe, maybe he doesn't believe in this. Well, he doesn't believe in the collective consciousness, but he does believe that demons could enter your head and maybe he thinks if you lose a dream you're making yourself more susceptible to the demons and he thinks that she's a demon she's trying to become a demon by entering people's heads whereas her sister remember thinks that she's trying to play god or play jesus by entering people's heads anyway i still have to work this out but this is the idea it's pretty intense stuff (laughs) we're getting to the intense part which is the ending Basically, I'm thinking, Victor is a hater, and she's like, why are you so mean? That's really messed up. And maybe Victor's like, okay, maybe that was a little too intense, he says. And he says, I just don't want you to do this because I know something you don't. And she's like, what do you know? Hold on, I'm just going to check that it's still recording. Okay, yeah, it's still recording. Uh, Hold on. 
Okay, so I'm continuing on. This is part three of this episode. Um, okay, so where was I? Uh, okay, uh, so I'm getting to the ending where she was... Um, oh, yeah, so Victor is like, I know something you don't. Uh, the reason I'm bashing you is because I want you to stop because people are watching you. And she's like, what do you mean? And he says, there's been a mole. And... I think maybe it was one of Min's friends or something or someone in the background or someone, maybe a police officer or her dad. I guess it could be a police officer Um, because remember they did, maybe her mom does go to court a few times because she's, you know, being sued for being investigated for uh, implanting false memories of these people who are now saying... I don't know what to believe because this hypnotist told me one thing while I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Um, instead of giving me real treatment, she made me believe I was possessed. These people are coming forward against her mom. And Dawn is really conflicted because she loves her mom, but her mom also took this seedy job um, just for the money. Well, for her, really, because she's a single parent trying to raise her kids but basically back to Victor he says you've been watched this whole time in your dreams people are looking to see what you do because they're trying to get proof against your mom because so far her mom has not been convicted of anything but what is going to happen is that they're going to use they're going to see because so far Donna has kept his dreaming a secret but people are trying to enter her head Remember how I said that she sometimes saw people who were trying to stop her from doing this, like Victor and Eliza? Um, I'm not sure if that could be the police officer, but what I'm thinking is that um, maybe it could be even the podcast host. This is just spitballing here, but where he is trying to get stories of people, and maybe he's a private investigator, but I feel like if he was a private investigator, he wouldn't be giving out all this information on his podcast. But I guess his podcast is all fiction. So I guess it should be someone else. But I still have to bring back that podcast host at the end because he's pretty important to Donna. But anyway, so I was talking about how people have been watching her. And that's, I guess, where I was saying there were clues. So I'm going to have to intersperse these before. Victor says, my dad is a priest and he is trying to find a way to clear their name and put your mom on the spot without getting them in trouble. You're trying to clear their name and get your mom in trouble instead. And so Donna's remembering back, and she realizes that in her dreams, maybe, well, one idea that I had is that at a party, she meets someone else who is Victor and Eliza to her. So this could be the private investigator. So basically, while at a party, Dawn is having fun, but then she sort of gets tripped up, and she starts to feel herself waking up when she sees Victor and Eliza. And she's like, but it's not actually Victor and Eliza. It's really this guy who can kind of do the same thing she does in that he can take on the form of of another person in a dream. So he's really good at disguising himself in the dream because he's had practice at it. So, um, so far, I was saying that uh, Donna is the only one who can... She, Donna discovers this lucid dreaming thing and she wants other people to do it. But <clears throat> maybe this backfires against her and that the police sort of hire a private investigator and the private investigator uses her podcast and he tries all her techniques. And using her techniques, he can do what she does. So he can now become someone else in a dream as well. So, and what he does is he becomes Victor and Eliza for Donna. He disguised himself as Victor and Eliza to get close to her in the dreams. And by using this, he's trying to find evidence against her. And he's going to use this information against her by saying, um, look at this daughter. This daughter is able to enter people's dreams and act like a hypnotist would, kind of. It's a bit of a long stretch, but it could work if you're trying to convict someone. And Donna's like, oh my god, I'm going to get my mom in jail because I'm lucid dreaming and doing these dream parties. Because she suddenly realizes, she recognizes this investigator. 
because this investigator, while he is like Victor and Eliza, there are some tells that will tell you that he's not actually them. For example, I'm not sure what it should be, but maybe he he has a different eye color or something. Like Victor's eyes are brown and Eliza's eyes are green. But this private investigator, when he's Eliza and Victor, his eyes are um, blue, for example. So uh, that is a tell. But Donna only recognizes this when she remembers. Maybe it should be something more telling than that. Like maybe what something he says, like he always says, you guys or something. Like he always says something that Victor and Eliza would never say. Maybe he swears. That would be pretty good. That wouldn't be that bad, actually. Yeah, maybe he swears. Basically, he has some kind of tell. And when Donna is remembering back, remember that Donna has kept a very intense journal of all her parties on her podcast. So she can go back and listen to the podcast. And she listens back and she's like, wait a sec, now that I'm listening back to this, that sounds nothing like Victor and Eliza. They, why do Victor and Eliza sound the same? This must be the same person haunting me in my dreams as Victor and Eliza. And Victor's like, yes, that's true. And maybe Victor helps her recognize this because he's a secret fan of her podcast. He sort of has missed her as well because like Donna, he gets nostalgic. Um, Because, you know, they both graduated high school. They're kind of missing childhood because they were friends for like three years or something. I'm not sure. Not that long, but they were friends when they were younger. And so they're kind of missing the good old times because they're both having to change lives now because they're both getting older and they're both now graduated. So Victor kind of had nostalgia for her too. He kind of missed his old best friend as well. So he listened to her podcast, but then he got nervous and suspicious because he, he recognized that she was dreaming about me, but that was not me. That was someone else pretending to be me in this dream. And Eliza was interpreting it all wrong. That was not me. And, yeah, this could be, I'm not sure when this could be, but maybe it could be during some parties that she puts on. Because remember, she has that big grad game party, but maybe it could be a bunch of smaller parties as well afterwards. But it has to be some kind of parties where she'll get tripped up by Victor and Eliza. Maybe it could be when she's training with Min, but um, I'm not too sure. I guess it could be, yeah. But um, basically, so... Donna has now reunited with Min, but Min is mad at her. She's reunited with Victor, and Victor has told her to stop doing this. And she's suddenly really scared. She's like, I'm going to get my mom arrested. This is not good. Um, but then she, maybe she does get arrested all of a sudden. Because um, suddenly her sister is, her sister has gotten a delusion because remember, her sister has mental health problems, so her sister gets some kind of delusion that about something, and I'm not sure exactly what it should be. I think it should be something related to the Bible. Maybe Eliza thinks that she's found some sort of like portal to time travel or something. It sounds really far-fetched, but she gets this delusion because she's having mental health problems, and the police are going to use this against her mom as well. They're going to say, you gave your daughter delusions, you gave another daughter some kind of lucid dreaming thing, power, you're clearly a bad mother, and it's pretty intense. So her mom and her sister get arrested, or her her sister gets hospitalized and her mom gets arrested, and I'm not really sure where to go from here, maybe she's suddenly on the run or something, but... Maybe she needs to enter one final dream and she needs to prove her mom innocent. And this is where I get stuck because I'm not exactly sure what to do next. But basically she is realized that her mom and sister are innocent. And remember I said I want to bring the podcast host back, but I'm not really sure how I can do that now. Um, maybe that'll just come like... Maybe that'll come just before uh, she goes away to university. Maybe that'll be part of the breakdown is that first she realizes the podcast is all fake. And that's kind of like foreshadowing. And I guess I can figure out the rest of the ending later. But there you have it, everybody. That was a full hour of my book.
<laughs> this has really helped. I'm really glad I have this record. Let me know if you have any feedback. Um, it's really fun. I love this idea. And I'm really excited to write some more about this because I've written some, but I need to write more. And thanks so much for listening. Uh, I hope you like this idea. Let me know what you think. Share with me whatever. <laughs> if anyone is listening, this has been a great exercise. If anybody's out there, try this yourself. It's a great way to get your plot out, especially if you're like me and trying to figure out what you should even be writing about. Wow. I feel like I just watched a movie, honestly. This podcast has literally been like a movie long. I feel like I've just given a plot synopsis. But yes, thanks so much, everybody. Bye. This has been Alex, and I'll see you next time.